Welcome to Friendship with God. Today's message was recorded at Museum Day at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California, a museum that Tom Cantor owns and operates. And this message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. Thank you all for coming today, and what a great day this is as we have this great privilege to look at what our God, the Lord Jesus Christ, has done. And uh, there have been many, many people that have worked so hard to put this day together for you. And it was really less than a year that we were walking around the outside there and, 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 uh, and seeking the Lord and talking among ourselves as to where we could put a tabernacle display to show God's great work in redemption of man. And we walked around and we thought maybe we could put it over here on this part of the grass. And we said, no, 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 and over here. And then we said, well, maybe we could just put it in the parking lot. And we said, no, the city of Santee will never agree with that. Taking up parking spaces, that's never going to happen. Well, that was less than a year ago. And, and praise God as you go in there and, and see what the Lord has done through many, many people working hard. You see, it's the miracle that has taken place and, and how he's enabled us to, to put that together. I want to really thank everybody, especially the, the so many individual stars that worked so hard and tirelessly to, to make all of this come together with the tabernacle display, with the new uh, age of the earth um, uh, cave there. Everybody worked so hard, and, and I especially want to thank my wife also, who has endured me for 45 years. <laughs> People have, several people have come up to my wife and said, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> and she was talking the other day to a friend of hers, and, and she said, you know, I carry a picture of Tom in my purse. And she said, it just makes my problems just melt away. She said... <laughs> She said, whenever I take out this picture and look at it, she says, my problems just melt away. And, and her friend said, really? She said, yeah, let me show you how it works. And so she says, whenever there's a terrible problem that hits me, I open up my purse, I reach in there, and I look at Tom and I say, no problem is worse than this. <laughs> Melts away. <laughs> Anyway, so, but I praise God for the great helpmate that she is to me and has been and, and uh, to me as uh, to support me and to help me in so many ways. If you look at the theme of the museum here and, and especially the three parts here, there's a word that you can use to describe it and it's the word memorial. Because God was very faithful and continues to be to leave himself a memorial that we should be able to look at these things and to remember what God did. And so, you know, there's probably going to come a time when the Syrians are going to cut off the water to the Golan Heights, which is going to make the Jordan River come down because the Sea of Galilee is going to come down. And if that does happen, then there's going to be found in the middle of the Jordan River 12 stones that were placed there by Joshua when God dried up the Jordan. That's a memorial that God left there for the billions of fossils which are found on the earth today. That's a memorial 
that God left. A memorial really of two truths. One is that God has a tolerance limit as far as sin is concerned. That he is long-suffering, that he is patient, but he has a limit. And that limit has been memorialized by the great flood and the fossils which are there. He said, he said, because the sin of man was so great, he would wipe man off the face of the earth. And as we go and look at the fossils today, which are on the face of the earth, conspicuous by its absence is any fossil of man. They've never found a fossil of man among the billions there. Why? Because God said he would, he left the memorial of the fossils, but the conspicuous by his absence is a fossil of man. The fossils remind us that it was not the end. It was not the finish because God saved a small group the Noah family, and that is also a reminder to us. We look at the fossils, we say, yes, there is a hell. Yes, there is a judgment. But yes, there is a salvation. Yes, there is a heaven. And yes, there is an open door for anyone who wants to obey God, receive his gracious gift of salvation. That's what the fossils speak of. And so that's the first part of the museum, the history of earth. The second part of the museum, the area that Scannable Body's laboratory as a company is involved in is the is the body, the working of the body, the museum within. If that's a museum without, then the museum within is how our bodies so miraculously function and work. And so that's the second part of the museum. And that's a memorial to the work of God. You can't look at the functions of the body without just saying, Oh, what a wonderful creator. You look at the earth and you say, oh, what a wonderful creator. And now God has also left us the plans and the design for what was here for thousands of years among the Jewish people. And we've been privileged to be able to replicate as a model. And that's the tabernacle. And that's a memorial to what God has done. A memorial to memorialize the scars on the Lord Jesus Christ, the scars that saved us from our sin, the scars that opened the door to heaven. So all of these together are brought together by one word, and that's the word memorial to what God has done. So we're really happy to be able together to worship God and as we look at these things to say, oh, that was a great thing that you did. That was a great thing that you did. So I encourage you to take time because um, there are actually five presentations for the tabernacle. None of them will be shown today because they're all an hour long and it would take too long for all of you. So we have a short 15 minute come back and see. But anyway, uh, the tabernacle is, is uh, put together with a, so that there is a, a, uh, an overview presentation of the three parts of the tabernacle. There is a presentation of just the outer court with the brazen altar and the laver. There's a presentation of the holy place with the light stand and the altar of incense and the table of showbread and the high priest there and his garments and the coverings and then the holy of holies all getting to the main central point which is, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. That's the greatest discovery in life, that God wants to dwell among us and in us. 
And so Paul said that he was separated from his mother's womb and called by the grace of God, and God called him to reveal his son in him. And he never got over it. Paul never got over it. The fact of the Lord Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, dwelling inside of him by his spirit. And it became the interest and the passion of his whole life. That's the tabernacle. That's the message of the tabernacle. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. And so I hope you come back, and then there's another presentation which is about the application of the different parts of the tabernacle to our lives personally. What does it mean to me personally? Not just historical information, but how do I apply this and how I live every day. So come back to, to uh, as we get those uh, up and running. I was thinking today about something new to bring to you about evolution and creation, you know, and, and I was thinking, how can I bring to you something new about evolution and creation? Because many of you are very familiar with the arguments that have been in the past. And so I have something new for you today. This is a bottle of gefilte fish. All right? (laughs) So I don't know if you're Jewish and you were forced to eat this, or for other reasons, you're not Jewish and you were forced to eat this, but this is a very familiar food, gefilte fish. And this is created by the Manischewitz Company. And so Dorbear Manischewitz came from the city in Lithuania, not far from where my grandparents came from in Lithuania. He came from Mem and, and, uh, <coughs> and not so far from Vilnius. And so he moved over to the United States in the 1800s, and he became the manufacturer in Cincinnati of, uh, of not only gefilte fish, of which there are 50 types that they make. As a matter of fact, there is a gefilte fish line that runs through Poland. And to the east of it, all the Jewish people there put pepper on their gefilte fish. And on the other side, to the west of it, all the Jewish people put salt on there. So that's the gefilte fish line, very much like the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> so anyway, so he moves here. And, and, and why does he move here? You know, so that I can answer in one word. Financial. And so that's why he moved here. And so he started to make the gefilte fish and the matzah, and he makes about one million matzahs a day over there and branched out, and so Manischewitz. But gefilte fish is uh, kind of interesting, what my grandmother used to do. It's a poor person's food in Eastern Europe, and so she would go and buy a live carp from the live carp vendor who got it out of the many rivers that are in Eastern Europe, and she would bring it home and put it in the bathtub alive, and the carp would be swimming around and keep changing the water to get the muddy taste out of the carp, see? So the carp would actually smell good, but then no one could take a bath, so the people didn't smell good, but it was temporary. So, and after that time, then they killed the gefilte fish, and, and, and they stuffed it and, and put it together, and, and that's, that's what it is. It's carp, you know, so that's not exactly... The, the, the most expensive fish in the world, carp, but that's what it is, gefilte fish. Why is this important? Gefilte fish is important because all the parts of the, of the carp fish are in this jar. 
That means that even if with the cooking, all the amino acids are there. The amino acids, is, as I'm sure you remember, every morning that you wake up are making up the proteins in your body, which are making up you. In fact, my, my professor, Professor Stanley Miller, when he was at the University of Chicago working under Professor Harold Urey, when the University of California was starting off in 1960s, they recruited Professor Urey over here. So previous to that, like I said, they were both over at University of Chicago, and Professor Urey went on a sabbatical, and Dr. Miller said to him, you know, I'd like to do this experiment with this sparking chamber and demonstrate that you can make some uh, essential amino acids for life, and Professor Urey said, don't waste your time, but he went on a sabbatical, and so Dr. Miller did it anyway, and he made this sparking chamber with ammonia and, and methane and so forth and spark and uh, trying to recreate some sort of primordial atmosphere and then a tar trap in which he was able to make uh, the 11 out of the 22 amino acids, see? And so this was hailed as the proof positive that because he got 13 out of the 22 essential amino acids that make up our body, that uh, therefore the way had been shown how prebiotic synthesis was possible, that, uh, that given these kind of conditions, that with these 13 amino acids, the path had been demonstrated that life could be spontaneously generated on its own without the intervention of God. And then he moved here to uh, San Diego because Professor Yuri told him it was better weather than San Diego than Chicago. And so he moves here. And uh, they had to give him some way to be gainfully employed at the University of California. So they had him teach physical chemistry to undergraduates. And that's how I met uh, Professor uh, uh, Miller because he was my undergraduate teacher for physical chemistry. All of us being very diligent physical chemistry students went to the first class until we heard him lecture the first time, and then nobody came to the class after that. <laughs> he wasn't spellbinding as a professor, but nevertheless, he was a very, very nice man. As you may know, uh, he made me a creationist because what happened was that I made an appointment with him because I was a student, and I asked him three questions. And the first question was that uh, you have demonstrated in your sparking chamber, for which you almost got the Nobel Prize, that you could spontaneously make 13 amino acids out of the 22. So I said, well, what about the rest? What's the explanation? Question one. Question two is that whenever amino acids are made in the organic chemistry laboratory, that you have what would be considered the mirror images of each other, a right-hand model starting with an amino ending with an acid, and a left-hand model starting with an acid and ending with an amino. So we call them the D and the L, dextro and levro. And so, but in the body, only the L form is found. Only the L form is found. In the laboratory, it's extremely difficult to separate these two forms, these two isomers of amino acids. Very, very difficult to do. But in the body, only, exclusively, 100%, the L form is, is found. And so that was my second question. What's your explanation for that? And then the third one was uh, on the molecule of hemoglobin, which at that time... Dr. Asimov was uh, writing about, and it was 528 amino acids long. So the chain is 500 amino acids long, and every single space, seat 
on the train of the 528 cars, if you want to think of it like that, is designated, and it has to be one out of the 22 amino acids designated for every single seat in the 528. One seat off with one amino acid difference gives rise to sickle cell anemia. So it's extremely dictated. It's extremely specific. There is no room for variation. So the chance to pull out of a bag the right amino acid to fill the 548 spots with the exact amino acid for each spot was 22 to the 548th power. It takes you a long time to write all those zeros that are there if you start multiplying 22 times itself 548 times. And so it's an astronomical number. It's clear. It's impossible that that could have fallen together by chance. Just to make one molecule of hemoglobin, we have many molecules of hemoglobin within our body. So that was my third question. So then I stopped. I just asked those questions. And then he was a smoker, and at that time in the 70s, you could smoke in your, in, at UCSD in your office. And he began to smoke. And he smoked a lot. And I was not a smoker, and the room was filling with smoke. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I came for some answers to the question, not lung cancer. And he started to explain, well, it could have been this way. And then he would proceed down that line of explanation. He said, no, that's impossible. And then he would go down this. No, that's not right. And he'd go down this. And he went through this. He went through these various explanations, cutting himself off after he got to a certain point, saying that couldn't have been the way it was. And, 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 and all the time, as I said, the room keeps filling with smoke. And so, you know, I'm, I'm really interested at that point in leaving. Finally, he brought the meeting to a conclusion by just looking at me and saying, I don't know. And I'm still searching for the origin of life. And I walked out of there, grateful for the time when I did, and shut the door to the smoke chamber. And I said to myself, but he's hailed as the one who showed us the origin of life. And the one who is hailed as showing us the origin of life has just admitted that he's still searching for the explanation to life. And so from that point on, I said, well, okay, well, I'm not going to believe that anymore. And then I became a creationist, among other things. But the bottle of gefilte fish is very interesting because what you have in here are amino acids that make up the carp. That's, they're in here. And um, they don't taste so good, but they're in there. And the point is, is that... Uh, the Manischewitz company has produced literally millions of these jars of gefilte fish. It's true. If you go on their website, they'll admit it. And you have to eat this during Passover if you're Jewish or the Sabbath evening. It's, that's the times when you have to do that. But anyway, the millions of jars of gefilte fish have been produced. And no one has ever reported opening a jar and finding even a baby carp alive in this jars. Okay, so you'll have to say, well, that's, of course not, because, you know, it's in the jar. But if you follow the line of thinking of Professor Miller, that, look, you know, spontaneously we can get to these amino acids, and from there, surely life would organize itself in some way. So you have this argument. So, no, but it's not true, because the jars of gefilte fish prove that it's not true. So every time, especially during the holidays, that you walk in Vons and you come across the aisle of the gefilte fish and you can look at them and see for yourself that there's no carp 
swimming around in there. And you can then stand there in the middle of the aisle and look at the jars of gefilte fish and say, Hail to thee, gefilte fish. <laughs> you showed me that evolution is a lie. Okay? So there you go. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. As Tom Cantor mentioned in today's message from Museum Day here at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California, the exhibit in the museum are all based on true biblical history, including the creation account in Genesis chapter 1, and the museum will show you the six days of creation account and wonderful fact-filled displays that you can self-guide yourself through or request in advance a guided tour. After you go through the six days of creation, we have the Fall of Man Room, showing how sin broke apart man and woman's friendship with God. And from there you'll see the Noah's Ark Room and the worldwide flood. And it shows the rebellion of mankind against God and how God judged the world by water in the flood. And from there you'll go into our geology room and you'll see the results of God's judgment in our Grand Canyon display with all of our fossils that you can touch and view. We also have a Mount St. Helens display proving that fossils in Grand Canyons can be created quickly under the right set of circumstances, such as a flood or volcanic eruption, and not in millions and billions or even trillions of years, that we often learn from public education. Then there's the new Age of the Earth cave that we display and teach truthful scientific facts that are the result of the flood and the fossils that we see in our geological system, and you'll see that in the new Age of the Earth cave. It's incredible. Now, you'll go from there into the Ice Age room and You'll also go from the Ice Age to the early civilizations room that shows the dispersion of the people in Genesis chapter 10 and 11 from the Tower of Babel. And the history of Israel and the Gentile nations is complete in there. And you can study from there the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. It's a truly wonderful museum. And we also have from there the Hall of Scholars that show the creationists and what they stood for and believed about God as well as evolutionists and what they believed and rejected about God. And then you'll be completely amazed as you explore God's amazing and complex design in our new 2,400-square-foot human body anatomy exhibit. Now, this human anatomy exhibit is new, and it includes wall displays, models, and videos that provide educational information on DNA, various types of human cells, body systems, and the stages of human life beginning with conception. Colorful images and displays of primary tissue, skin, and bone, and blood cells are accompanied by displays that are loaded with fun facts and descriptions of truthful scientific facts to show that there is a faithful creator and designer. We also have the new dinosaur gardens for kids that they can look at full-size dinosaurs and a new day four creation and astronomy room that has a fiber optic ceiling as well as a wonderful display. Finally, our brand new exhibit, the Tabernacle. This is a full-size sight, light, and sound display is one of a kind. This movie theater seating and presentation of the tabernacle is like none you've ever seen before. This is an amazing and incredible display of the tabernacle presentation. You'll hear teaching of the Old Testament and future picture of redemption of the Lord Jesus Christ through the symbols and tabernacle practices of the high priest with their sacrifices. Now, admission to the Creation and Earth History Museum is free, along with free parking. Now, self-guided tours through the museum take at least an hour and a half to complete with you and your family but most families stay the entire day. Guided tours are also available on Fridays and Saturdays. Bring your camera and bring your kids especially because they will love our animals that we have on display. Now, to learn more information or to take a virtual tour, go to creationsd.org. 
creationsd.org to plan your visit to the Earth Creation and History Museum that Tom Cantor owns and operates here in Santee, California, which is in the San Diego County area. You can go to creationsd.org to learn more information or take a virtual tour. Once again, that's creationsd.org. And just a reminder, this is the largest creation museum west of the Mississippi. So plan your visit to San Diego, California, and come see us here at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. For more information, call 1-800-247-3051. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you continue to listen next week as Tom Cantor continues to teach us and help us build our foundation and friendship with God. Now, do you have a Jewish friend or know of a Jewish person that needs to be reached with the gospel? We'd like to help you to give them a gospel gift or have one sent to them. Whether it's a friend, family member, coworker, neighbor, or even a doctor or lawyer or businessman, you can contact us directly by phone and we can help you to get a Tom Cantor DVD or Tom Cantor testimony booklet or both into their hands. So call us today at 1-800-247-3051. Once again, that's 1-800-247-3051. You can also call us to get any of Tom Cantor's materials, resources, books, or videos. So call us today at 1-800-247-3051. You can also go to israelrestoration.org or friendshipwithgod.org to get a copy of today's message or to find out any other information about Tom Cantor, Israel Restoration Ministries, or the Friendship with God radio program. Now, today's messages and previous messages are also available at those same websites. You can also learn more about Tom Cantor and receive a daily devotional from him by finding him on Facebook. There you'll receive a daily devotional verse from Tom Cantor. You can also contact Tom Cantor by email by sending an email to tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's Tom, T-O-M, and Cantor, C-A-N-T-O-R, Tom Cantor, at friendshipwithgod.org. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you join us next week as we continue to study the Bible as our foundation for our friendship with God.